You're listening to a Sunday morning message by Authentic Church. Good morning. If you're in this church and you're part of a church, then this word is for you today because we are talking about fellowship. And I want to start by a verse from Psalm 16, verse 3, that says this. How excellent are the Lord's faithful people. My greatest pleasure is to be with them. And that is how I feel about all of you today. I can honestly say this week I've been looking forward to seeing you. After Connect on Wednesday, Thursday, I've been looking forward to seeing you. And that's a really nice place to be because I'm sure maybe um, we've maybe been in churches at times and we think actually I'm not sure if I'm really looking forward to Sunday very much but I was looking forward and I am looking forward to seeing you. A quick reminder of what we feel led to at Authentic Church. Authentic Church we believe our primary purpose both as a church family and as individual members is to live out and obey the great commandment and the great commission as Jesus instructed. And we sum this up with a simple purpose, to continue what Jesus started. Now we see this being lived out in five ways. Now I'm gonna have a little bit of a test this morning. Can anyone tell me what those five ways are? We haven't, we haven't shared this enough, so this is a good lesson. So there are five ways in which we see us living out the great commission and the great commandment. Number one, loving God in worship, in prayer and in giving. And Tammy preached on that uh, two weeks ago, and that's available on the podcast if you didn't, weren't there. That's number one. The second way is loving others. So that's demonstrating God's love by meeting every human need. And we think about that as serving and ministry. The third way is sharing the good news. That's obviously telling people about Jesus and evangelism. Four, belonging together. As you belong on our sign there. Church is not somewhere you go. It's something, a family you belong to. That's fellowship. And finally, learning and growing to mature in our faith, discipleship. So we see us living out the Great Commission and the Great Commandment in those five ways. And today I'm looking at fellowship. This is all absolutely relevant to you because we are in fellowship. So um, hopefully this will be meaningful to you today. I want to start by the COVID impact. And my question is kind of, how was it for you? How was COVID for you? How was not being able to meet week by week? How was doing virtual church if you did that and you zoomed in and you joined something online? How was being apart from your brothers and sisters in Christ? Horrible. Horrible. Yeah, I would agree. I thought it was horrible. And I think it showed the church what it meant to be in fellowship, what it meant to meet face to face when it was removed from us, not through choice, but by force. It taught us something important. For me, it showed that being isolated was unhealthy. 
I didn't find it healthy. I found it hard to be a Christian in isolation. I'm not good on my own. I know I'm an extrovert, but I'm not good on my own. And I learned that online church can only go so far. You miss the seeing people's eyeballs. You miss hearing their voices. You miss reading their body language. And I believe we're in danger of actually staying isolated. We know quite a few churches, particularly those who are in the Pioneer Network that you know we're looking to join and hope will soon be joining. And talking to other church leaders, we know that quite a few of their congregation still zoom in. They still join church online. Now, I'm not criticising them because there's a place for that, where particularly if you're housebound. <coughs> but I don't think it's healthy to remain virtually attending church. And I would really encourage, and if there's people listening to the podcast online, if you're joining church online, I'd really (coughs) encourage you to get back in the building. (coughs) I don't think the world has fully, obviously, recovered from COVID, and I certainly don't think the church has yet recovered. We're still not meeting, uh, certainly in churches we talk to, as many as were before. And you'd almost think the author of the letter to the Hebrews was aware of COVID thousands of years later. Let me read you a line from this letter. It says this, Don't stop meeting together with other believers, which some people have gotten into the habit of doing. Another translation says this, You should not stop gathering together with other believers. Another translation says, you should not stay away from church meetings. And finally, another one says, let us not forsake the fellowship that we have among ourselves. The writer to the people in Hebrews knew the value and the need to meet together. So if we want to spur one another on to love and good deeds, as the writer said, we need to continue what Jesus started. We need to be in regular fellowship. So one of my favourite all-time books, the books that got me into reading as a teenager, is The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. Tolkien. And... It still remains one of my favourite books, and I still read it periodically. And the first book in the trilogy is called The Fellowship of the Ring. And The Fellowship of the Ring is a story of a group of nine companions, different people, and actually many of them didn't like each other. If you were going to choose a group to send them on this amazing quest to just save the world, I probably wouldn't have put them together. However, as you read the trilogy, here are some words that I would use to describe their fellowship. They were united in a single purpose. They were loyal to one another. They shared what they had. They looked out for each other. They celebrated together. They mourned together. They shared experiences that bonded them together. They took risks 
for one another. They carried each other's burdens, sometimes physically. They became great companions and friends. They acted for the good of each other. And they were prepared to die for each other. There's a famous quote from the book, Aragorn, one of the key uh, parts of the story, says this to one one of the others in the fellowship. If by my life or death I can protect you, I will. Now, it's no surprise, maybe, that J.R.R. Tolkien, the author, was a Christian. I would love to be in a fellowship like that. Maybe I am. I would love to be in a church like that. So let's turn to the scriptures and look at another fellowship. If you have your Bibles, if you want to, you can turn to Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. And I'm going to read from the NIV. And what I'd encourage you to do as we read this together is to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you specifically about one verse or one word or one phrase that the Holy Spirit wants to highlight to you today about fellowship so listen to me, read the words, but listen to the, listen to the Holy Spirit. This section is called the fellowship, not of the ring. This section is called the fellowship of the believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Amen. So there's three things I want to look at today. I want to look at the biblical meaning of fellowship, what we think it means to us in the here and now, and what are the benefits. I would have to say that working in industry, uh, maybe I should say the outcomes or the values, but what are the benefits of fellowship Now, many of us will know that the NIV is written in Greek, and the Greek word used for fellowship, particularly in verse 42, is koinonia. And in fact, when Tammy was reading um, the scriptures for the breaking bread, when they talk about partaking, the word koinonia is used. Now, there's no single direct word uh, for koinonia in English, so the translators use fellowship or assembly or gathering. There is no direct word. The Greek word, however, koinonia, carries a sense of sharing with someone in something. Sharing with someone in something. So we come together and share because we share a common belief in God and love of Jesus. So as there's no single translation 
from koinonia to the English, there are four ways that koinonia can be summed up in the Bible. So koinonia means fellowship. We share a common ground or belief. We share a love for Jesus and we love to meet together. So that's fellowship as we would kind of understand it. The second word though is koinonia means contribution. We share, we bring something of what we have to benefit others. And we're not just talking about possessions, but we're talking about our lives, our time, our gifts. The third meaning for koinonia is participation. This is the one when we were participating in communion together. We were having koinonia. So when we participate, we share and we want to get involved. We don't just kind of turn up, um, not disparaging those who might sit on the back and leave, but we participate. We come together in fellowship to participate. We get involved. And the last meaning, again, for the Greek is partnership. We share a common bond of belonging. We love to be joined together. When contracts were signed in the, in 2000 years ago, they talked about koinonia. They were in partnership together. So you can see, we think about fellowship like I would in the fellowship of the ring. Fellowship is when we get together and have a good time. But the writer here was saying, no, no, no. Koinonia was more than just coming together and having a good time and singing and praising. It was about contributing. It was about participating and being in partnership. So when we think about belonging, as we see in our Love, Share, Belong, it's about all of those things. So how do we see koinonia being worked out in this early church? Well, verses 42 and 46 says they learned together. They broke bread together. They spent time together. They prayed together. They met in their homes and ate together. That's the fellowship element. Verse 43, they shared a common experience of awe. Everyone shared in this sense. They participated. You can see them getting involved with each other and the worship. Verses 44 and 45 says they met together in one place and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions and gave to each. They recognised each other's needs. They contributed to each other. They were in partnership with each other. We can see clear evidence of koinonia being worked out in this early church. They fellowshiped, participated, contributed and lived in partnership. I wonder what it must have been like to be part of that early church. To have lived in a fellowship where all of that was taking place. Now I've experienced, as I'm sure many of you have, the amazing blessings of being in church. When Merrin, our daughter, was born, within 24 hours she was blue-lighted to St George's Hospital. In fact, she was blue-lighted everywhere. She went to two different hospitals, as I recall. But she ended up being in a special care baby unit at sort of 24 hours old, and she was seriously ill. And it was really tough, really tough. But the church we were in were amazing. 
They rallied around us. They prayed for us. They supported us. And in fact, Merrin has a book at home where we printed out all of the many, many messages and encouragements we got over the next few months. And we kept those as a testimony to the support, prayer and love we felt through being in church, being in fellowship with other Christians. And praise God, they managed to remove not 1.5 metres of her bowel, but 15 centimetres of her bowel, which is what the uh, consultant told us when they'd removed 1.5 metres and we looked horrified. Um, so you thought there won't be a lot left if they've removed that much. You, oh, no, no, I mean, I mean this much. So it was quite amusing. Um, but she was fine. Praise God. We felt cared for. We felt loved, supported, blessed, held up. The world's crying out for fellowship. The world is crying out for koinonia. Maybe you have similar stories of being blessed by church. We felt we could share our burdens. We felt like we belonged. We felt loved. And it is no accident that these three words appear on our banner. Love, share, belong. These aren't just nice words, though they are nice words. But when these things are lived out in action, they are life-changing. They are life-changing. And I believe the world is crying out for love. The world's crying out to share and be shared with and to belong. And it kind of breaks my heart that we're sitting in our local communities with people that are feeling alone and lonely. And the church has so much to offer. We would love when people came, that when they went home and they said, where were you on Sunday morning? Well, I was at this church. Well, what was that like? Well, I felt loved. I felt like I could share and I felt like I belonged. We would love people to use these words to describe how they feel <laughs> about being part of this church. So what are the benefits well, I've already spoke about my personal benefits. I can also testify to the disbenefit when I couldn't be together when there was COVID. That was not good. That was the disbenefit. But verse 46 and 47 tell us the benefits. Verse 46 says, They enjoyed favour, the good will and respect of all the people. People must have liked having them around. People must have liked having them in fellowship in their community. They were well regarded. For verse 47 to someone who kind of works uh, loosely in marketing and stuff says, 47 says, through fellowship, the Lord added to their number daily. Their fellowship, their living out church, living out koinonia, attracted new believers. I think that is amazing. So practically, how can we do this? Well, first thing is meet regularly. Those verses we started with said, do not stop meeting. We need to meet regularly. 
And I'm so glad as a fellowship that we've taken the decision to do Connect every week. I look forward genuinely to seeing you. There's a lot going on in lives. A lot happens in a week. It's just lovely to come together and genuinely feel cared for. And it's lovely to go and meet in your different home, you know, in each, each other's homes. It's really nice. So I think that is really important to meet regularly. The second thing I think is important is to be real, to be open, to share, and dare I say, to be authentic in our relationships. You can only help me if I'm prepared to share with you. You can only support me if I can be honest with you. And that's honest about the great things, but it's also about the not-so-good things. I shared with Paul um, during the week about just how I was sort of struggling. And, And Paul wrote back, don't be hard on yourself. But I was just, I'm just being honest. And I really appreciated the feedback. But if we're not honest, if we just go around with these wonderfully painted faces and coming in and jazz hands on a Sunday morning, that's not going to help anyone. But being vulnerable is just that. It's being vulnerable. But I don't want to be anything else. I can't really come any other way. I wear my heart on my sleeve. So you're going to get me as you kind of, you don't get a choice, I'm afraid. Now, not everyone is like that, and it takes time to build trust, and it takes time to build vulnerability. But I don't want to be anything else. I'm never going to pretend to you, when things are bad, that things are good. And I know when you've got brothers like Paul will say, don't be hard on yourself, but that's fine. I appreciated that. So one thing we need to be real and authentic if we are going to live out koinonia. We need to love one another. John 13, verses 34 and 35 says this, A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. A new command This isn't optional. This isn't a nice thing to do. This is a command to love one another. So we need to eat together, pray together, share our lives, participate and contribute to our fellowship, partner with each other and continue what Jesus started. And we need to start it now. And that almost feels like a threat and it's not meant to. But we want Authentic Church to be established on Koinonia. We want to grow in love through fellowship. We want the foundation of this church to be built on loving and sharing and belonging. We don't want to wait until we're bigger and get it right then. We want to get it right first. When we started Authentic Church over a year ago, I believe God spoke to me then and I remembered this when I was reading some notes and I believe God said this to me is that we will never get this time back. 
this intimacy of being such a small church. We need to guard it, cherish it and not to rush it. We need to learn things now that will be foundational for when we grow. Zechariah 4.10, do not despise the day of small beginnings. God is pleased to see the work begin. And that work isn't just what we do as a church, that work is within us. That work is in our friendship, that work is in our relationships with each other. God is pleased to see the work begin. So what does that word say to me? It says we need to start with great fellowship now. So in conclusion, God calls us to live and love him together in fellowship. To do life together. He calls us to spend time together in worship, praying and learning together. Practically, he likes us to eat together, to help each other, to support one another. He calls us to share and contribute, not just our possessions, but also our time. He wants us to be involved in fellowship, to participate and to be in partnership. And the benefits are not just personally beneficial but they're beneficial to the growing of the kingdom if we are going to make disciples and love God and love each other then we have to get this fellowship bit right we have to get this loving each other bit right I'll leave you with the grace from 2 Corinthians 13 and 14 may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship, the koinonia of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.